You know the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast, brought to you by NBA 2K24. It's myself, and of course, a very hyped up because his Detroit Lions secured the win. Mr. BJ Armstrong. BJ, Mo, I'm gonna let Mo. you do the talking. You go off, my brother. Man, this is what they want. We got to give the people what they want. This is what y'all want, right? This is what you want, right? <laughs> Oh man! Oh, the lions, man. the lions, baby! This is what they want, so we gonna give it to them, and uh, we gonna do this with we gonna do this with respect. But we gonna show up mo next week. Mm. We showing up this weekend. Mm. We travel well in Honolulu blue. <laughs> we Maybe. travel well. We travel well in Honolulu Boo. Maybe Honolulu you'll get Blue. me to watch my first NFL game this weekend. Maybe. Maybe I'm gonna just wait for the Super Bowl. Maybe I'm gonna just wait for the Super Bowl. Hey, Mo, we gonna be there. Mm. We gonna be there. Who's doing the halftime show of the Super Bowl this year? Um, I think it's Usher. Ah. Oh. Man, that, the one where they did Dr. Dre and 50 Cent and all of that, I watched that. That was good. Oh, okay. okay, but, uh, okay. I, I watched the halftime show and then I went back to whatever I was doing. You're going to watch the game. You a Lions if, fan if, now. If the Detroit Lions are there, I will watch the game. If they lose this weekend, I won't watch Super Bowl. But if Detroit win, I'll watch the game just for you. But more pressing issues at hand. The NBA <laughs> is nearing the trade deadline. Oh, the people want us to talk trades. So we're going to talk about some trades. And um, right now, Adrian Wojnarowski is reporting that the Lakers are continuing to talk to the Toronto Raptors about Bruce Brown. And we kind of mentioned this briefly. Scott suggested Mm -hmm. it on yesterday's show. Um, Mm -hmm. But but what do you think about that fit? It was very weird watching the Lakers the other night. You saw D'Angelo Russell, who looked very emotional, almost crying. Uh, out there on the bench, LeBron put what looks like a farewell post to D'Angelo on his Instagram. Uh, he said, keep loading. Um, but Bruce Brown on the Lakers, what do you think of that? Well, the Lakers, I think because of their financial situation and their roster, the way their roster is currently built, that they're looking to add maybe a piece that could fit in where they don't have to add like such a salary like a Zach Levine or yeah. Deontay uh, uh, Murray or anyone like that. So I think they are looking at possibly a, a, a player with a salary. I think he makes about 22, 23 million that he yep. could add, they, they could add into it. And, and next Short-term, year is a team option in case LeBron leaves, they ain't got to pay him next year. Absolutely. So I think they're looking more. Where last year, think about this, Mo, last year, the Lakers, they rebuilt basically their team for the second half of the season. Yep. And then I think this year, when D'Angelo Russell plays aggressive, especially on the offensive end, it adds another dimension to their team. So I think a player like Bruce Bowen makes sense. Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown. Sorry, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Bowen, Bowen, I think, is a little bit too old right now. Yeah, yeah. Just a Bruce little bit. Brown, I think it makes sense. But a, a prime sense. Bruce Bowen would be perfect for this Lakers team. I'll say that. Yeah. So I, I think he makes I think he makes sense for them. I think it makes sense for their 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 business. And he's very and, malleable. Like you don't have to run plays for him. He yes. cuts off the ball. He spots up and he shoots. He plays great defense. He can come right. and fit in instantly with any team that that he goes to. So right. I, I think that would be good for the Lakers. Um over at Pounding the Rock, the SB Nation blog about the San Antonio Spurs. B 
Bill Juan has written down eight NBA trades that should happen before the deadline. Okay. So we can have a little look at these eight trades. The first one he has is a Laker trade, which you probably won't be keen on. It's for DeJounte Murray in exchange for D'Angelo Russell. Max Christie, excuse me, and a 2024-2025 first round pick, depending on the Pelicans deferral, and a 2024 second round pick. Um, obviously, there's lots of rumors in the air about DeJounte Murray going to the Lakers. Um, him being a clutch client means that these trades magically have a way of happening. Um, but the, why did you say that a player like Bruce Brown would be better for the Lakers to trade for than a DeJounte Murray? Well, it just works out financially for them. You know, it's just a financial business of the NBA. You know, when you start looking, you make basketball decisions clearly based on talent, what you would like to have. But then you start having to match up salaries and yeah. to match up a, a, a big salary. No, like, but his salary hasn't kicked in yet. He's still on his $17 million contract. And then next year is when his extension kicks in and it will be 24 million, 26 million, 28 and then 30. So, okay. But the ramifications of that, yeah. But the ramifications of that is how you're going to build the salary, luxury tax, so forth and so on for the following year and years to come. If if LeBron leaves, then you're left with DeJounte and Anthony Davis. Whereas if LeBron leaves and you've traded for Bruce Brown and you don't pick up that team option, you have Anthony Davis and no one else with him. Well, those are a lot of ifs. <laughs> those are a lot of but, but it's just one if, if, if LeBron leaves or if he stays. And the yeah, only way well, to make him stay is to go out and win his championship. Well, I think with the exception of probably you and a few others, I, I don't think that pushes them over the top. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. I don't I, think, I don't think adding them. DeJounte Murray makes the Lakers favorites win. No. Yeah. I, when I look at their team, you know, the, 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 the top teams over there in the Western Conference all have bigs. Mm -hmm. and, okay. And and that's the, the Minnesota Timberwolves. And, and, of course, we have, you know, Mr. Jokic. And, so, and this is why it's surprising that Rui Hachimura is in all these trade rumors as well. Because, you know, when they got to the playoffs last year, he was huge for them, uh, you know. And this season, it just hasn't really had the same effect. Yeah, he's had some injuries this year. You know, I I, I like Rui. I like what he does. But he's had some injuries. You know, he, mm -hmm. I don't know, he broke his nose or he did something. And then he's had some injuries that he's kind of kept him out. But... You know, I, I like the names that they're throwing around. However, I don't, that doesn't, to me, push them over the top. Okay. Well, with, another uh, one that's, that's written here is about the Lakers, and it's trading D'Angelo Russell, Gabe Vincent, and the same picks as before for DeMar DeRozan, who's on a $28 million expiring contract. Again, that it doesn't move the needle for me. When I say move the needle, I, listen, DeMar is a really good player. But what are we expecting here? Like, I, I just don't think... I, I also think that we're talking about DeJounte, we're talking about DeMar DeRozan. The Lakers' biggest need, in my opinion right now, is three-point shooting. Because I don't know what the exact stats are, I haven't looked them up. But when it comes to three-point shooting, they're one of the worst teams in the NBA in terms of the amount of threes that they can get up in a game. And they give up a lot of threes to other teams. So if you're making a move, I agree with what you're saying about getting a big... But also, if you're going to go and get a guard, surely it should be a guard that can shoot that three ball. Don't say that Murray and DeRozan are bad three-point shooters. Well, you, you have one now. You have one now with D'Angelo Russell, if you want a guard who can shoot the three. Listen, the bottom line is this. Their two best players don't shoot a lot of threes. Yeah. 
That that's it. I mean, those guys are going to handle the ball no matter who comes there, ninety percent of the time. And both of those guys are not three point shooters, more or less. So, okay, your team is built around two players who play, for the most part, you know, in the mid range or low post area. Yeah, LeBron's going out the hoop. Okay, he's facing up on the post. Yes. Okay. So, if that is the case. What is it that they what is it that they need to be able to play in the regular season? One, you have to be able to play downhill. Two, you have to be able to defend because your defense has to create your offense if your two best players aren't three-point shooters. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. Okay, so you're saying if I'm a team and I let's 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 put the shoe on the other foot. If I'm playing against the Lakers, stay at home. Why double Anthony Davis or LeBron James and allow them to shoot threes with the other guys? Force them to shoot twos, contested twos. Then it becomes a math equation. You're just playing the analytics anyway. Mm. If the Lakers don't get up enough threes and you make 15 threes in a game, it's almost mathematically impossible for them to beat you. Mm. Because LeBron James and these guys have to make four to seven threes between the two of them. Well, they're not consistently doing that every game. So now that puts pressure on the other guys to shoot contested threes because I'm not doubling those guys. I mean, Mo, who's doubling them? Mm-hmm. I'm not going into the game. I'm I'm playing against Jokic. Jokic isn't doubling on Anthony Davis. You're not doubling LeBron James. So, yeah, you can you can say these things. I I don't. I just think it's at some point here. D'Angelo, when D'Angelo Russell is aggressive on the offensive end, they are a different team. Now, if he's aggressive, that means probably Anthony Davis or LeBron James is going to probably go from being a 20-something score to like a 15 to 18 game score for the most part. If Because if this guy's getting 20-something a night, he's got to get up enough shots because he can shoot enough threes a night. He should probably shoot eight threes a game. Now that's going to take away from the other guys. Why? Because you got to play screen roll. You have to get out and early transition. And now that's going to take away from other parts of the game. But I don't know any other way to do it because if I'm playing against the Lakers and I'm putting together a game plan, I'm certainly not doubling because mm-hmm. I, I want them to shoot those twos. I'm, I'm okay with the contested two. Mm-hmm. Okay, I hear it. Well, the next one on the list is for the OKC Thunder, who have uh, surprised a lot of people by being able to win. I think they're second place still in the Western Conference. Um, And obviously, they've got a whole bunch of draft picks, and uh, they've got some other young players. So this trade is suggesting Royce O'Neal heading to OKC in exchange for Alex, Alex, Alexei Pokuskevsky, excuse me, and a uh, second round pick, two second round picks. Um, Royce O'Neal, who's on an expiring contract, leaves them their cap space. Um, and he provides, you know, some veteran from Brooklyn, experience. Royce O'Neal from Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Provides some veteran experience and 3 and D ability. So it'll just be a nice role player to have coming off their bench. Um, what do you think about that one? Do you think OKC should stand pat with what they got? Or do you think they should add a few I, small pieces? Or do you think they should go in for a big piece? I, I'm saying stand pat. If I'm OKC, I'm stand pat. I, I like what they're doing. 
you know, when you when your team is playing well, especially your young team when they're you're playing well. I mean, they're currently now second. I mean, they're what a game behind first place in the division with this young team. Allow this young team to grow. Mm-hmm. Allow them to grow you know, and figure out. Yeah, yes. I mean, I'm not saying that they rocked the boat in Indiana, but you can see, you know, things in this league change quickly. And I think OKC, I mean, they go from the playing game from a year ago to their currently one game out of first place. <laughs> I mean, Mo. Yep. Credits to them. Credits to their coach. Credits to their players. Their players. Yes. I think these guys deserve the opportunity to figure it out. Now, once you see this team play meaningful games, then you can make an assessment because the players that they currently have on the roster, I think they've earned the right to play in the postseason with this group. I think they've, 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 they've made a significant stride in this league from just a year ago to be where they're currently, where they're currently placed in second place in the, in the Western conference, a tough Western conference, I might add. Mm -hmm. So, but that's just my take. We'll see what's, you know, Sam Presti does. I can understand if he wants to make a trade because he knows he's got to start paying some of his guys and maybe he's looking for salaries. I can understand that. And he's got to uh, get rid of some of these draft picks because they don't have a million roster spots available for the million picks that they're going to have coming up. So we've got to offload well, that won't, some that of won't, Yeah, that won't be a problem. He'll be able to do that if need be. But I think the bigger concern, if you look at the big picture here, is you got to start paying some of these guys. Mm-hmm. Now, you got to start paying some of these guys players who are currently on rookie scale contracts with the exception of Shea Alexander. So I think that is some concern. So we'll kind of watch to see if he makes some transactional trades for his books because he's trying to get his books in order. Yeah. Um, We spoke about Boston's bench depth on the show with Scott yesterday and a trade suggested here involves the Boston Celtics trading O'Shea Brissett, Svi McKaylook, Sam Hauser, a 2024 second round pick from Dallas and a 2025 second round pick from either the Hornets or the Pelicans in exchange for just Sean Tate from the Houston Rockets. Um, I don't like this one at all because you say they don't have enough depth and they're giving up three players for <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. So that's what I was. <laughs> and, and also just Sean Tate doesn't really score the basketball all that well. Sam Hauser may look like a bad defender, uh, but he's actually can hold his own and he can shoot the three at an incredible rate. Um, and O'Shea Brissett, you just have an athlete coming off the bench. I I would not do this trade at all. Um, anything to add, BJ? <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. Three I for one for there. a depth yeah. trade. Yes, yes, I agree yeah. with you. Um, well, the next one involves your Detroit Pistons. It mm. involves trading Alec Burks to the Orlando Magic for Gary Harris and a 2025 second round pick. Alec Burke for who? Gary Harris from the Orlando Magic. No, I wouldn't do that. I mean, uh-uh. I think that the Pistons can get better than just a second-round pick and a salary dump for Alec Burks. Um, not to mention that they love Gary Harris down in Orlando, especially in the locker room. Those guys on the squad have big love for him. Um, I don't know why they would do that, considering the amount of guards they've got already, unless they're trading for like a starting-level guard. I don't see Orlando really making a move for that position. Um, I don't see that happening. But, you know, there has been a lot of reports. Chris Haynes today said that the Milwaukee Bucks 
require a point of attack defender. Caruso, Dorian Finney-Smith, Matisse Tybalt, mm. uh, names that are circulating and have some links to the Bucks. The problem the Bucks have is they don't have that much they can give up. They don't have that much salary. They don't have that many picks. Um, but a trade here that's been suggested is Pat Connerton, a 2024 second round pick from Portland and a 2027 second round pick from Milwaukee in exchange for DeLon Wright of the Washington Wizards. Would you like to see DeLon Wright on the Milwaukee Bucks? He's not a big name like the other guys I just listed, um, but he's a decent I, enough I, backup I, guard. Yeah, I, 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 I like DeLon Wright, but I would, I would continue to survey the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would try whatever I can to get one of the names we mentioned before in Finney Smith or Caruso or Tybal, but I don't know if Tybal's likely to happen, but, uh, and I don't know if they've got the money or if they're going to be able to have the best bid for Alex Caruso, because I know a lot of teams will be after him. Um, the next one involves the Philadelphia 76ers, who we spoke about yesterday as well. Okay. But this one is Marcus Morris Sr., Robert Covington, and uh, two second-round picks in exchange for Gordon Hayward of the Charlotte Hornets. To Philadelphia? Yep. No, I wouldn't do that. Why not? He's an expiring $31 million that'll come off their books and leave them with a lot of money to spend in free agency this summer. You know, prior to the season, there was some talk about Joel Embiid leaving mm-hmm. Philadelphia. And it's it's quieted down clearly because of the the performance that you've seen this 76ers team. You know, they've you know, they've really performed this year uh, as we head into All-Star Weekend. You know, Joel is a player that has to be managed. He's shown that throughout his career. When I say manage, his on-court time off, so forth and so on with his body. So when you start taking away their depth, I think that depth has been, in my opinion, the strength of their their team thus far. Mm -hmm. Having a number of players and a number of lineup changes that they can do and, 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 and play in different styles and different ways. And it seems to work for them. And when you start tinkering with that, to me, that puts more pressure on the one thing that has probably been uh, the most inconsistent part of it is their availability, especially with their best player, which is Joel Embiid. So I would take that into consideration. You know, that I think it sounds great with Gordon Hayward coming off the books. And then you say, well, that gets you into free agency. But people say you get into free agency and a lot of times you got to look who who's available. Mm-hmm. Who do you think you can get? So I would be very and, the, and there's not too many trade. names in free agency this summer as well. Well, another yeah. trade here for the Sixers is uh Corkman's Daniel House Jr., Pat Bev, and Mobamba in exchange for Tyus Jones of the Washington Wizards, who of course was on the Memphis Grizzlies as one of the best backup guards in the league. Um, if not the best backup guard in the league when he was in Memphis. Mm-hmm. What do you think to that move, giving them a, a guy off their bench? Or you know, you could even you know, slide Maxi to the two and have uh Tyus Jones playing the one. No, no, I, I you know, Ty, Tyrese Maxey, you know, I'm a huge fan of him. And now when you start adding smaller guards, you're going to need big guards once you get to the playoffs. And Tyrese Maxey can counter size with his speed and quickness. I mean, he's he is a handful to deal with because of his speed and, and, and what he can do uh, in the open court. So. I, I I wouldn't tinker with that one. I would, you know, you got to take a look at it, but I I don't think that 
I don't think that adds or when you start looking at the guard play of the other teams in the conference, right? When you start looking at, you know, your Boston Celtics, when you start looking at the Milwaukee Bucks, when you start talking to Jimmy Butler and the, the size that they bring, I I don't think that, you know, even when you say Jalen Brunson that you got to deal with over there, you need you need some size. Okay, and and I'm not sure that's one that I would explore at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's the eight trades that were on the list, not too successful. Um, what has been found, though, is Buddy Heald's burner account on Twitter. And he says, oh. if you want a championship, trade for Buddy. If you need a pure shooter, playmaker, and a scorer, trade for Buddy. If you pay in talent, if you pay him for his talent in the summer, trade for Buddy. If not, he ain't re-signing. If you trade for him, so don't waste your assets, buddy. Not <laughs> laughing. Um, now, how did we find out this is Buddy's account? How because we... because he posted a tweet on this account and deleted it instantly and then posted it on his actual official account. And everyone's known about this account for years now. He tweets all the time except for when Buddy Heald is on the court. So, And also every single tweet is about Buddy Heald. And um, also the fact that he's never, ever been to the playoffs. And yet he's saying, if you want a championship trade for Buddy, makes me think that there's only one person alive who has that opinion. Um, I don't know if he has any super fans like that, but. Uh... <laughs> That's pretty funny. But uh, he's he's tweeted at Bucks, at Miami Heat, at Nuggets, at Sixers, at Lakers, at Timberwolves, where you at. You could use an elite shooter. Buddy Hield has got what you need. So it's interesting that, you know, it, I, I, I told you, Mo, <laughs> it's interesting it's interesting to me that this team who started off so hot at the early part of the season, the paces. And yes, I, I think that I think the tweet is funny and so forth and so on. However, you know, there's a real thing called chemistry. Mm -hmm. And why are they tinkering with their team? And more importantly, why are they talking about trying to get out of there? Mm -hmm. It just makes me think it's not as good as it appears to be. Mm -hmm. And when you start trading guys and you started doing these things like you're doing and you're winning, it's but again, I'm not in their locker room, so I don't know. And they and you got to defer to them because they, they are there. But Mo, this is not this is something to keep a close eye on. I mean, this is one of those teams that started off hot and then all of a sudden I could see this team trying to figure out what happened as yep. we get to the end of the season. You know, you just he or just like so many things happen in the nba just think about like three years ago we were like oh my god watch out for memphis in the next two or three years they're going to be competing and obviously injuries are unavoidable but they're not competing mm -hmm. you know like mm -hmm. a lot has to go right in this league a lot has to go right and you don't want to end up with the highlight of your run being an in-season tournament finals appearance so We'll keep an eye on the Pacers. We'll keep an eye on the whole league. And uh, we're going to be here with the Hoop Genius podcast all week long. So make sure you guys tap in, subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and come and join us in the Discord server. Um, everyone in there has been talking trades all day. And I'm sure they're not going to stop. So uh, come and join the conversation. And until next time, get buckets. <laughs>